Hi, this is Matthew. And I'm Maggie. And this is a dad and a daughter talk Notre Dame football. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I am Matthew Paveo. I'm here with my daughter, Maggie, sitting in our kitchen, where we're going to talk a little Notre Dame football. And uh, we are into week two of the season. Notre Dame is 1-0 after a 27-13 victory over Duke. Their first ACC battle. Uh, their name is 1-0 in the ACC, everybody. With me uh, this week, as always, is my daughter, Maggie, and uh, resident, our resident football expert in the house, uh, all things Notre Dame, to give us a little breakdown of what's going on. How are you doing, Maggie? I'm doing okay. Okay, just okay, huh? I think that's pretty much everybody's feeling after the, the Notre Dame game against Duke. I don't know what people were expecting. Uh, I guess maybe a 45-10 to 10 win would have been a little bit better. Uh, but a 27 to 13 win in the ACC when you're playing kind of a mid-level ACC team, not bad. Uh, no spring football, no uh, kind of a weird start to the season, limited home crowd. Uh, and Notre Dame comes away with a 27 13 victory. What are your thoughts, Maggie, on this first week of ACC football? We saw something very similar to last year in terms of our first game. The Louisville game last year was a little bit of a slow start. I think it was the same against Duke. I know our offense had a little bit of trouble at the beginning and then kind of picked it up in the second half, just like the Louisville game. It was disappointing. One thing that stood out to me that was disappointing was, of course, the injury to one of our star players, Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about injuries. I think we'll get into that a little bit later, but let's just talk about the game uh, to start with. We're... You're talking, of course, uh, when you reference the Notre Dame-Louisville game, you're, you're talking about the 35-17 game last year to start the season where Notre Dame, I believe they ranked something like number 12, came into the, the season with a lot of high hopes and then started a first quarter where they were tied or ended the first quarter where they were tied 14-14 to before taking on the rest of the, you know, outscoring Louisville 21-3 to uh, for the rest of the game. And, and this game, you're right. I mean, this game kind of had that same vibe where it was, what, 10-6 to at halftime. And even 17 to 13 into the third quarter before Notre Dame pulled away in the fourth quarter uh, for a 27 to 13 game. Um, I, I kind of, I'm with you on, on kind of the slow start more on the offensive side. I thought our defense was pretty spectacular um, at times. Um, it showed a lot more speed than we're normally uh, used to from a Notre Dame defense or haven't seen for a few years. Uh, and I mean that as far as certainly we've had players, uh, with a lot of speed, but not in kind of in mass with a full defense with that much line to line speed, I think uh, was pretty impressive, uh, pretty aggressive. And again, Clark Lee bringing a really good game plan in to beat uh, a, a Duke offense that was coming in with a lot of hype uh, with uh, their Chase Bryce and, and their quarterback and David Cutliffe now calling the plays again. There was a lot to uh, be afraid of. And, and certainly Bryce had 259 yards passing in the game. Uh, but, you know, that, to me, that seemed like kind of a quiet 259. Um, Ian Book himself came away with 263 yards, um, but it was really decided, I think, with the running attack. Did you want to talk anything about the running attack of um, uh, some of the players that, that stood out? Yeah, so of course, the player that stood out was Kyron Williams. We kind of expected this. Brian Kelly talked a lot about how he had a good camp. And I honestly was a little bit skeptical I was thinking we would have to rely on Jafar and see both Lemister or Jafar Armstrong, that is. And of course, we saw Jafar or no, Jafar, two, Armstrong. Jafar Armstrong with two carries for five yards and nothing ter- tremendous. But I, I hear what you're saying. 
yeah, it was just surprising to see how explosive he was and also how many times his helmet fell off. <laughs> he did seem to, if he could keep his, his helmet on, we might've had a few more, uh, a few more plays in there. He ended up with 19 carries for 112 yards and two touchdowns. So, so really the star of the game uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, anyone else in the offense uh, that really stood out for you uh, during this first kind of uh, week of football? And then we'll get to the defense, but. Well, something that I'm hopeful for is that Michael Mayer will just continue to progress. I know we could potentially see him. I wouldn't say start, of course. Tommy Tremble, I think, has that pretty much locked down. But with Tremble missing a few key catches at the beginning of last game, Mm -hmm. I think it should definitely be a possibility that we see Mayer much more in this game. I certainly, if if anything, I think... uh, Michael Mayer had the most exciting third down and four catch I think I've ever seen uh, and really made Notre Dame fans uh, stand up and, and really get excited. I know they're starting to call him baby Gronk um, and those kind of comparisons after one game, uh, you must've done something good, uh, especially with only three catches, I believe in the game. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, three catches. Yeah. For 38 yards in the game. Um, not spectacular, but, but certainly he made them count. And I think we saw a lot of upside with Mr. Mayer. Uh, anybody else that, that you want to talk about on the offensive end, uh, perhaps uh, Chris Tyree, perhaps? Um, maybe it's maybe more of that special teams uh, type player. How about Ian Book? Let's just do, let's do kind of an Ian. Give Ian Book a grade for the game because he's going to be the, the focal point for most of the game, most of the season. I mean, I'm not one to usually judge Ian Book too harshly. I usually focus more so on like wide receivers, running backs. I think it was a solid performance. He showed a lot of leadership, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, I don't know about a grade. I wouldn't give it one of his best performances, but Certainly not. definitely not his worst. I mean, he got the job done. I think uh, with a limited receiving core, which we wanted to talk about injuries, we, we can get there. Um, Joe Wilkins to me stood out. I'm finally pleased. I'm pleased to see the kind of steps he's taking. He really looked almost like that Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin kind of next guy up. Um, I'm hoping he does that. Avery Davis had a fantastic catch in the, End zone. I don't know if we're going to rely on Avery Davis to make bail us out every every week, but uh, certainly that was a nice play by him. I, I was looking for a little bit more out of Lawrence Keys, but you know that'll come up. Let's talk since we're on the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk uh, quickly about some of the injuries, uh, possibly of uh, that might have been missing from there. Yeah. So I know a big question that we had after watching the game and just throughout every snap was where's Braden Lindsay we saw him on the field we saw him in that zero jersey he was suited up he had his helmet on at times and then we just never saw him but it came out later that he had a little bit of a hamstring mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it an injury a little bit it just didn't feel right and no I believe he's supposed to play this week I, I last I saw I believe he was probable it may have been questionable but um I, I, I'm sure we'll see some Braden Lindsay on the field this week uh, is my hope but I agree with you we kept while we were watching the game on Saturday, we kept asking ourselves, when's Lindsay getting it? When's Lindsay getting it? And as you saw these other receivers come through, um, it was kind of apparent that either he was injured or something else was going on. But uh, thankfully, I mean, I don't know if it's thankful. Um, he'll be Well, it is thankful that he'll be back this week is, is my hope. Um, the other one who I'm hopeful to get back soon, especially as we get into kind of the more the meat of the, the season, is Kevin Austin. So once Kevin Austin, I hear he's starting to practice a little bit. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, Kevin Austin return is will give Notre Dame the firepower. I think that you know, my hope is that that was what Ian Book was missing on on uh, Saturday uh, for that game. All right, let's switch over to talk about 
the defensive side of the ball. We probably should have started off with them since they were the star basically of the, well, I might not say that I might say special teams was actually the star, but uh, let's, let's talk about defense. Who's who stood out for you on defense this past week? Well, I think it was expected that uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Owusu Koromo was going to have a good game. And I think he delivered in that regard. I just think overall our defense was very solid. Uh, mm-hmm. Our cornerbacks looked really good. I like, the mix of Tariq Bracey and Nick McLeod as cornerbacks. And of course, Sean Crawford as safety looks like a good fit. Yeah, I agree with you on all that. I think Kyle Hamilton before the injury was dominant, um, actually much more dominant than I thought he would be. Um, I think the hype is real with that kid. Um, I think uh, some of the younger players, Isaiah Foskey, really stepped up. I was looking for a little bit more. I don't know what I was expecting out of Dalen Hayes, especially coming back from an injury. I was looking for a little bit more from him, perhaps uh, I, I don't believe he, he ended up with a sack. Uh, he had one tackle and one assist. So I think a little bit more from him, um, especially against a passing team. Uh, but overall, the defense was just swarmed. I thought, like I said before, I think Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa is a fantastic prospect and really proved it again on Saturday. So uh, let's talk about the special teams, which you know I think for the past at least five years has been a bit of a uh, Achilles heel for the team. But on Saturday, they have taken some massive strides. Um, let's start with, you know, probably <laughs> the the play of the game, or at least for the early part was Jay Bramblett's 14 yard run. Um, what'd you see out of the, the special teams there? Anything that, that really, really stood out? I thought all parts were great. Well, it was definitely surprising to me that we did a faked punt because I don't think I've, I don't want to say ever seen that, but it's very rare to see that in Notre Dame. I always expect them to punt it. Right. And it was really successful in adding some energy into the offense. I agree with you there. And it was certainly needed at that point. I think Chris Tyree adds a lot of explosiveness uh, to the kickoff uh, returns. And Jonathan Doerr uh, was perfect, uh, kicking one out from uh, his longest was 48 yards. So, I, you know, and again, he kicks. I've never seen anybody that kicks uglier kicks from that deep, but they make it. So, you know, Jonathan, keep doing what you're doing. I, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more maybe again from Lawrence Keys on punt returns, but the only punt, I think he only had one return, so it's not a big deal. But um, yeah, so stars of the game, Maggie, who do you, who, who are your, pick? give me three stars for that game. I mean, it's easy to say Kyron Williams because he, of course, got the game ball, mm-hmm. had a great day. Uh, let me think. Of course, I said the defense overall was just solid. And mm-hmm. I forgot about Isaiah Foskey, mm-hmm. and I would say he was also a really big star on that side of the field. Okay, I'm, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Michael Mayer for that th- third down catch alone. It was the one thing that got me out of my seat uh, during that game. Um, I I think you can't. Kyron Williams was the star of the game. You can't. There's no way around that. Nor do I want to go around that. I'm going to give Jay Bramlett a little love. I think uh, you know. Seldom you get a punter that runs it for 14 yards and a key run. Uh, I think that that game to me uh, was about a couple big plays and Notre Dame made the plays and that's all you need to do a lot of times in order to uh, get the job done. So that's exactly what they did. And now we have the USF, the University of Southern Florida or South Florida, sorry, uh, coming in the Bulls. Um, so the Bulls, they came they came away with a, a 27 to six win over the Bulldogs of Citadel, uh, the mighty Bulldogs of the Citadel, um, 27 to six win. Uh, and in their offense, 
you're going to see a lot of, surprisingly, a lot of, well, maybe they didn't have to do more against the Citadel, but out of the 404 total yards, 302 of them were on the ground. So you're not going to see a very, uh, it's kind of a switch in a completely different um, game plan. And when you're facing the Bulls, which is they're going against a running team. So uh, thoughts on the Bulls and on this game. Notre Dame is a 26 or a 25 point favorite. So we'll say call it 25 and a half point favorite to win this game. How do you see it, Maggie? Well, I hadn't heard that at the running game, but I also know that they have a star wide receiver named Randall St. Felix. And I was looking at some accounts talking about this game and if Notre Dame should be worried. And I think if we just stick Nick McLeod on him, I think that will be resolved. Mm -hmm. I have confidence in our defensive line in terms of blocking the run game. And I don't want to go as far as to say that this will cover because I know I said that last Mm -hmm. week and this is still, the season's still beginning. Uh, I'm hopeful. I think in terms of injuries, um, I don't really know about Kyle Hamilton playing in this game just because it might be one that he doesn't necessarily need to be in. And Mm -hmm. I know that uh, Brian Kelly also said he's kind of day-to-day right now. And if we don't need a plan, then why risk it? Yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying on that. Um, I think We'll see how the kid's doing. I, I don't. I think we were fortunate with the, the ankle injury. I don't think it's too bad, and I think so. If he's f- fine and ready to go, he should play. But I also hear you that maybe maybe it's limited play. Um, also with uh, Isaiah Pryor in the back, who had again another huge special teams day. I think you could shuffle him in um, along with Houston, Houston Griffith and um, and uh, Sean Crawford in the back uh, as far as a, a good safety rotation. Um, but. My, I'm looking for to see how our linebackers do, uh, especially Drew White. I think Drew White can have a big game this today or on Saturday, um, stopping the the South Florida running attack. And I do think Notre Dame's going to crush them. Um, I think uh, they have a lot to prove all of a sudden, um, and I think they're pretty frustrated and pretty insp- um, by how they played against Duke. And I think they'll be a lot more prepared and a lot more focused. I think it's just another week also with Ian Book and those new wide receivers. Um, that'll make a big difference. Um, so I'm looking for a big, big win. Any players you think to look out for, Maggie, in this game uh, against South Florida? Well, of course, I would say Brayden Lindsay. I want him to have a good game back. I also think, I believe he is good to go now. I think it would be interesting to see what Sebo Flemister has to do. Just those two people coming off of injuries. Mm-hmm. Flemister should play too, I believe also. And I, I think you're right. I think that was a, not a lot of people talking about Sebo Flemister not being in the game, but even to take off some pressure off of Williams, I think would be huge. And especially um, if he's anything like he was last year, Sebo is going to be able to get those tough yards that you need. I give you kind of that two minute burst uh, that you need sometimes at the end of halves. Um, so anybody else you're looking forward, uh, looking toward having a big game uh, against South Florida, you have Lindsay and Flemister. Want to give me a third? I'll go on the defensive side. I'll say Isaiah Pryor. Of course, he had that great tackle on special teams. And especially if Hamilton is out, I think. I, I personally thought going into the season that our two starting safeties would be Pryor and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they would make the switch to Crawford. So now I could potentially see it being um, Pryor getting a lot of uh, time on the field. Okay. All right. Uh, the players I'm going with, again, are Drew White. Uh, Braden Lindsay, of course. I think we're both real big Braden Lindsay fans. 
um, and Chris Tyree. I think Chris Tyree is against Duke was one or two steps away from breaking at least one of those kickoff returns. And I think against the South Florida, you'll see him break at least one. I think it's time to get Notre Dame back on uh, track with their explosive special teams players. And it's been years uh, since they've had them, but they used to have just a steady stream of great punt returners and great kickoff returners. I think Chris Tyree is going to be in the mold. And I think this is the game where he starts to show it. And I think uh, Drew White, did I say Drew White already? I think Drew White is going to have a fantastic game and go and uh, lead the team in tackles. So that's that's going to be my prediction. I think you got a score prediction, Maggie. I think I already said it's going to be a blowout, but you think it's going to be a little tighter? I'm bracing myself for it to be tight. Of course, I would like it to be something like um, ten to th- like thirty-five to ten. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I sense that they're going to score, but I don't think we should be worried. Okay, I think I, I'm going forty-five to ten. I think uh, the only thing that worries me is that this game, the last time that Notre Dame played USF, USF came away with a victory. It was Skip Holtz uh, at the head. And we know that Charlie Weiss Jr. is the offensive coordinator for South Florida. So all of a sudden there's a little bit of comparisons um, and that makes me nervous. So let's move on. But so I'm going with 45 to 10. All right. Let's, well, before we go into our predictions, any thoughts on the Big Ten coming in, Maggie? The Big Ten this week, another big announcement. Uh, Big Ten is going to be starting up football again, which really affects Notre Dame. Uh, What do you think? Well, I have a little bit of a grudge against uh, the University of Michigan, specifically, uh, just because of last year and, you know, just how that game went. I think we all experienced it uh, (laughs) in different ways. It was a a bad night, I will tell you that. (laughs) Uh, so I focused on them specifically. Of course, they lost their starting quarterback or someone who they thought was going to mm-hmm. be their starting quarterback, mm-hmm. Dylan McCaffrey, and they lost, I think, another one of their star offensive players. Mm-hmm. The thing that uh, irks me a tiny bit is that they're going to probably only play eight games. Mm-hmm. And if you put a Big Ten champion in the top four, I don't know if that would kick out Notre Dame or kick out mm-hmm. like a Big 12 champion. I mean, I think that's always going to be the what's obviously going to depend what happens. But you're talking, are you talking a one loss Notre Dame team, a two loss Notre Dame team with both losses coming to Clemson close? Um, that's what's going to be if, if they win the ACC and win the ACC championship, obviously Notre Dame's in it. If they win the ACC but lose the ACC championship, um, I mean, win the regular season, then you'll have a debate, I think. Um, the only thing I was frustrated with is Penn State was ranked ahead of Notre Dame. I don't know why that is. I think Penn State gets nods when Notre Dame doesn't. Uh, that that might be just me being bitter, uh, but that's the way I see it. I would have Notre Dame at number, I believe they're at nine in their new kind of restructured uh, rankings. I would have them at eight um, with only Ohio State pushing them one back. They have Penn State and Ohio State pushing them back. I can buy Ohio State's better than them, at least on paper. I cannot buy that Penn State is better than Notre Dame at this point. I just don't know in terms of Penn State. I while we're kind of bashing Penn State. <laughs> well, um, I'm bashing. I just, that's what I think. <laughs> Sorry, t- saying the truth about Penn okay, State. Okay, well. Um, they have, I know the big buzz around their team is that they have a bit, or like a star tight end. And I just don't know if, mm-hmm. I don't remember right now if he's opted out or if he's opted no, back. No, I think he's in. I, 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 don't, I don't believe he's out. And I, and even the ones that are, have opted out I'm now since the Big Ten are coming back. I know Ohio State got a few, a couple players back are now ba- opting, opting back in, so. Um, which makes sense if you haven't signed with an agent or anything already. So you might as well come back and play some football, I guess. Yeah, I I just don't know. I mean, I don't put a lot of attention to Penn State football, of mm -hmm. course. Um, But I just, I don't know if I can name 
a few of their star players. Of course, I'm an Oregon fan, so I could do that. <laughs> I can't either. I did that, and maybe that's my where I'm where I'm standing. But uh, I, I see Penn State as a, at least a two loss team this year, perhaps a three loss team. I see Notre Dame as possibly a one loss team, two possibly. That's about it. So, um, and again, I think it all boiled down to how much uh, stock you're going to put in Oklahoma for winning a very obviously. Uh, we saw this last past Saturday a very weak Big 12. Um, I don't see any, we'll see what Oklahoma State provides this week, um, but I don't see anybody even close to an ACC, uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, even North Carolina in the Big 12, possibly other than Oklahoma. So Oklahoma will run rough shot over that division. And it's just whatever you think about the Big 12. But Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's been a lot of buzz after the games about Sam Ellinger and, uh, Spencer Rattler mm-hmm. um, kind of popping up as like Heisman candidates. And I think that's easy to say when you're beating Missouri State. Uh, but let's just see how they do against a, like, a more well-known well, I offense mean, to Missouri State. But. Well, Right. But then we saw Ohio, I mean, Iowa State and Kansas State just lay big eggs this past weekend. And I thought Kansas State might be a better team and Iowa State, both getting a lot of pub. And then they lay these massive eggs in their first, first weekend. Now, Iowa State... Uh, did play poorly at the beginning of last year and then kind of put it together and then got their butts whooped by Notre Dame. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes on. I just think the Big 12 is a vastly overrated uh, conference. And to win it, I don't think uh, even a winning Oklahoma team is, compares to a Notre Dame one-loss team for sure. And maybe not even a Notre Dame two-loss team, especially if those two losses are to Clemson. All right, let's get to our predictions. Last week, Maggie in the games, I had you down as five out of six and me out of four out of six. Not bad, not bad at all, but we're going for perfection here. So what do we got for us on the schedule of this time? Okay, so I actually planned out the games we're going to pick this week. Okay. Uh, we're going to start off with an interesting game. We have mm-hmm. Syracuse, which is unranked, and of mm-hmm. course uh, was beaten by North Carolina last week uh, at ranked 25 Pitt. Okay, what do you like? I... I think Syracuse is going to take it. Really? Okay. I'm going bold. I think I said I said North Carolina last yeah, week, but did. considering Pitt, Pitt's like barely ranked, right. and this is early in the season, they are playing uh-huh. at Heinz Field, so I don't know if that gives them an advantage. It doesn't look like there's going to be attendance there. Yeah. Uh, but I think Syracuse showed some promise I, at the beginning of last game, and I'm going to okay. boldly pick them. On this that game. is a bold pick. I think Pitt is going to wipe the floor with them. Um, I think Syracuse, especially in the offensive line, and I know I went with Syracuse last time. I was a, I am a Dino Babers fan uh, as a coach, but I think he's dealing with a team that is severely outgunned and will be all season, and I think Pitt just rolls them up. Uh, not not a hard, uh, uh, probably a large victory, probably three touchdown victory for Pitt. Okay, the next game I have is an ACC game, uh, Boston College at Duke. Okay, I will. This is so interesting to me. I'm going to go with Boston College. I think Duke is actually a bit overrated uh, after they play Duke, and I think typically teams have somewhat of a hangover after they play Notre Dame. They put so much energy in that game that the next game they have a slump. I think Boston College uh, playing their first game with Phil Dracovic. I think that's going to be a really fascinating game. And there will be definitely comparisons between Dracovic and Ian Book against Duke. And if Dracovic plays better than Duke, you can imagine the discussions of the Notre Dame fans will be having. Uh, but I'm going with Boston College. I'm going to go with Duke on this one. Uh, just because it's Boston College's first game and Duke, although they be, or they were beaten by Notre Dame last week. Um, they're, they're at home. 
and I, I think they showed a lot of promise. I also, part of me just wants Duke to be good so that our win, of course, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. off to talk uh, well, about. Well, it's, yeah, it's not who we hope for, it's who we think is going to win, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'd like Duke to go undefeated for the rest of the season, but I don't know if it's happening. And I also like Bill Dracovic, and I think he's going to be good at Boston College, but I don't know how his first game is going to go. I think the chemistry, of course, they've been practicing, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. Okay, I can see that happening. All right. What's next game? Um, we have UCF at Georgia Tech. Okay, I'm going with uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, they had a big win against Florida State. I'm going to stay stay with them. I think that he the, they had the program going in the right direction finally. Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia Tech as well. Um, I really don't know about UCF. I know they have the their quarterback from last year, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, they also have Mackenzie Milton, which I don't know really who's going to get the start there. I think that will be something I will definitely watch for in that game, but Georgia Tech. Okay, and what else do you have? The last one is, uh, I think, the college game day game they're focusing on this week, which is um, ranked 17 Miami at uh, ranked 18 Louisville. Right, I'm going with uh, Louisville. Uh, I think Louisville, again, another coach that has it going the right way. I do not buy the Miami hype. I know their quarterback had a nice game and is kind of on the come up, or not on the come up. He he was good at Houston, now he's coming over to Miami. I just think uh, they will be outcoached. And um, I think Louisville, I believe Louisville was blown out by Miami last year. So they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And Miami seems to always do this to teams and then pay for it in future games. Like I'm sure they're going to pay for it against Notre Dame this year. So I'm going with Louisville. Okay. Just for contradictory reasons, I will go with Miami, which is not something I will usually do. But, you know, we're in a little bit of a competition here. Oh, purely, purely. uh, Yes. Okay. Um. Of course, I would like Louisville to win this one, but I think Miami might pull it off. We'll see. I see these teams as kind of even right now, mm-hmm. so, so we'll see. I think the line is pretty close to even, if not one or two points towards Louisville, I think. So um, is that our picks for the week? Are we all, all set on that? I believe that is it. All right. So great. And we both obviously have Notre Dame over South Florida. All right, everybody. I think that's it. We will be back to you next Friday evening, hopefully after another Notre Dame win. Uh, Any last words, Maggie? Uh, Go Irish. That's good enough for me. Go Irish. Thank you for listening to another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. See you next week. Go Irish.